Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. 114 years of rugby league. The question that creates more debate than any other is, who was the toughest? Opinions vary, as opinions do. Always in the conversation is this guy. Where do we start? Maybe, who is Malcolm Reilly? Well, uh, I'm a guy who stumbled on rugby league by accident. Uh, I used to love playing soccer and uh, the buses went from uh, from the same place and and the soccer game was postponed. The conditions weren't very good, so I jumped on the rugby league bus. And next, the following week, I, I well, I, I started training with the, the rugby team instead of the soccer team. We, we were we were based at the same venue, and uh, within a short period of time, the Castlebrook Club uh, scouted me and signed me on professional forms. Things materialised and happened pretty quickly. You've been in and around the game since the mid nineteen sixties. It's changed so much. Do you still enjoy footy in 2022? Yeah, I do. I I, I used to get my satisfaction from playing and I I find it hard to watch. Well, no, I don't. But I enjoy what I see. But I think the modern game has changed a lot. It's not as brutal as it used to be, Mm. you know, uh, which is, I think, it's a good thing for the players. (laughs) Uh, But, but yeah, I still still love the game. I still... uh, prefer it to watching other sport. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I think once it's in our blood, it never leaves. Uh, let's wind back the clock to the 1960s when you started. You were successful from the very beginning. It was a bloody good Castleford Tigers side in 1968-69 that won the Challenge Cup at Wembley, Mal. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Um... Castleford signed me on in 1967. I was 19 at the time, and uh, we, we we played against Australia down at Castleford, and we, we we were a pretty good side, and uh, we finished up beating uh, the club 22 points to three. It was uh, we we had some quality players there, uh, but uh, yeah, the the, um, 
the, the game's altered dramatically uh, since those days, but it's still a very exciting game, and I, I, I have the preference of that to any other sports. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you won the Challenge Cup in 68-69. You did it again the following year, and you, you beat Wigan, which yeah. is always nice because everyone likes beating Wigan. So you'd gone back-to-back. Uh, I think there was a Lance Todd trophy in there as well, am I right? Yeah, I, I, I won the award in 1969 when I beat Salford at Wembley. It was in front of 100,000 spectators. It was wow. incredible, you know, from from playing, you know, at, at, a, at a soccer team at Kipax Welfare, where you'd be looking <laughs> to see 20 people there. There was uh, it was a, a complete sellout, 100,000. And and yeah, I was fortunate. I, I won the Landstock Trophy. I mean, you know. Uh, he, he could have. They could have picked uh, one of a number of players, but I was fortunate. So you started in 1967 with the Tigers, two championships in three years. Did it feel like rugby league was natural to you? Because that is such a wonderful start to a young man's career. Well, look, I played at school and I loved it, uh, and. When I left school, I was five foot four and eight stone four in, in weight, so I was I was an halfback, uh, and and I think playing number six, number seven, it helps you um, to because you haven't you, you can't rely on on brute strength and, mm. and, and and aggression because you you know you you just not well, I just wasn't big enough, so I had to learn a lot more skills, uh, you know. Um, and and it paid dividends because later in life, I, I, I after leaving school, I, I sort of went from eight stone four to to uh, fourteen fourteen and a half stone. So I, I was then well equipped for for um, you know the, the, the brutal aspects that can occur in the game. Despite your reputation known as one of the tough guys, fourteen and a half stone isn't an overly big man when you look at some of the guys that you did play with over your career. Yeah, but I, I wasn't carrying any excess weight. I just loved training. I think that's that's probably one of the my biggest assets. I, I, I didn't find – I just loved uh, the, the work, you know, the the, the preparation. Mm. And I think, I think also mentally I think it, it, it happens – You've got to be well in touch with your desires and your goals, and and set yourself little targets. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. You know, a lot, not a lot of people uh, at that time, anyway, used to prepare themselves as I as I did. Yeah, preparation is everything. And one guy famous for it was one of your great mates, the late Bob Fulton. He he was professional before. Professional, really. Um, you were physically strong. Are you a mentally strong guy, Mal? Would you consider? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I always have been. But you know what? Mentioning Bose Bob Fulton, uh, w- what a great player! What a great player! He, he was a freak, really. He, he did things on the field that you know individuals not you know they they don't do yeah uh, Bowie was very strong he, he changed direction on, on you know uh, immediately mm. what a fantastic player but you know that team also had a lot of great players in 
people like Graham Eady and yeah. Ken Irvine, you know, uh, I could carry on. Uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate. Ken Arthurson was the guy that it, who, who got me to go there, and uh, yeah, terrific fella. Mate, I'm going to take you back to 1970. You were part of that absolutely brilliant Great Britain side that toured Australia. It was the last Lions side to win the Ashes to this very day. Yeah. Is it too is it too long ago or, or can you remember parts of the tour, Mal? Yeah, I can remember the tour. I got into loads of trouble. You know, <laughs> uh, That's unlike you. I, I finished up in an high court and the players contributed. I think it was something like... Uh, twenty pound a piece to pay the, uh, the the barrister and solicitors fees. <laughs> what, what did you end up in trouble for? Um, well, you know, I, I didn't like being called a pommy bastard to start with. <laughs> 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 yeah, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> league guided me away from from. Uh, I was just naturally aggressive off the field. Never yep. mind on it. Rugby league sort of rescued me in a way. I could, I could release those frustrations, you know, and legitimately, you know, take part in a competitive sport. Yeah, Mal, it's funny you say that because rugby league does that for young men, and I've been involved in boxing for twenty five years, and everyone is very quick to um, put down boxing as a thug sport and and find the negatives. But boxing over the years across the globe has changed the lives of a lot of young men, a lot of young men that have maybe been going down the wrong track in life, and it it's given them discipline, it's given them purpose, yeah, and, it, and it's made yeah, them better absolutely. people. Is is that what did rugby league make you a better young man? I, I'm I'm sure it did. Yeah, you can have in you desires, you know, and uh, you can fulfil that aggressive streak you may have uh, on a regular basis and be be rewarded for it, uh, doing something legitimately, not, you know. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. I used to go out every weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and if I didn't have, like, you know, five or six fights, there was something wrong. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, 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 the chaos where I used to go, uh, eventually the people who, who owned it said, listen, we want you to, you know, to, 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 to look after, the, you know, anyone who, who um, is, is, doing the wrong thing or yep. wanting to stop people fighting in there. And I said, I'll do that, yeah. So they were paying me, paying me to do it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. 1970 was the first time Australia really got a good look at you. And that first test, I think it was the first test where 
The great Cliffy Watson and Jimmy Morgan started a headbutting competition in the middle of the game and all hell broke loose. Was was that the game? That was at Brisbane, yeah, yeah. it was in the first test, yeah. Um, t- two really tough guys. Cliff Watson was just a enormously tough. Um, it, it, uh, we had a great front row and I think that's, one of the reasons we did so well, because in those days, you didn't worry about the loose head and that. And with players like Dennis Hartley, Charlie Fisher and Cliff Watson, mm. you know, you were guaranteed a, 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 to get good um, uh, good possession from the scrums. <laughs> it was an amazing rugby league side that lost the first test, it won the second and third at the SCG. Uh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. forwards, as you said, bashed the Aussie side. And I think it was Roger Millwood who was magical in those two tests. Does that sound right? Oh, Roger was terrific. I, I think Alan uh, Alan was selected at six for the first test and then yep. Roger took over. Uh, Roger was a, a, a personal, really personal friend of mine. I, I uh, We got on so well, but he, he, he was incredible. Uh he sometimes put his head where he shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have been doing some of the hard work and graft mm. that he did. Uh, to, it was to his detriment, but his support play was incredible. And, you know, his vision, uh, his kicking skills, he had everything. And, and he was a, a tough little guy. Yeah. You won that Ashes series. Later in the year, Australia would win the World Cup. Was that the first time that you and Bob Fulton would, I guess, meet and play one another? He probably would have been. I think he was at uh, Eddingley, I'm not sure, okay. the game. But uh, Bob was um, he, he was a freak himself. He, he was an incredibly talented player and so powerful. He just loved – his, his desire to train was, was incredible. And, and uh, he got me under his wing whilst I was out there with Manly and we, we trained together on numerous occasions, uh, but he, what a player, what a player. You could have very easily stayed in England and been the governor of rugby league. Instead, Ken Arthurson, who was the manager of the Australian team in that World Cup, invited you to join the Manly Seagulls. For a young man, that is a huge move in 1970, uh, all the way around the world to a place he knows nothing about. Yeah, it was, uh, but um, I, I, I was always, always adventurous, and and uh, I, I knew that we'd, we'd won at Wembley, I'd, and, and I was happy at Castleford, but it wasn't stretching myself, you know. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't reached the, my optimum level of performance, and I, I knew I wouldn't be able to do that unless... I, I went out to Australia, and when I spoke to Ken Arthurson uh, and Adam, uh, and, and he, he he got me to fly out to to speak to Jim Comans uh, in Macquarie Street, a solicitor there, yep. and we discussed the prospects of me going out, and and uh, I, I was fortunate enough to to join a, a team like Manly Waringa, and uh, you know with with Ken's. Uh, he was just really shrewd, and he guided me as well. He looked after me. You know, the godfather of Manly and a wonderful man. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Mal, are you a guy that challenges himself, that 
loves to challenge himself for, to get the best out of yourself, no matter what you're doing? I, I think that's the only way to pursue uh, something that you want to succeed in, you know, to set yourself small goals and, and uh, uh, continue to try to attain those standards. What an amazing footy side that Manly one was when you arrived in 71. A tough footy side as well in the early 70s. There was Terry Randall, John O'Neill, Freddie Jones, yeah. big Billy Hamilton. Yeah. But apart mm-hmm. from the tough guys, you had just brilliance, some magicians in the back line, the Bob Fultons. Ken Irvine, Ray Brannigan, Bob Fulton, Graham Eady, like you say, at fullback. Graham was a sensation. We had a really strong side and, you know, um, I, I think the uh, best ever team, uh, you, you'd have to accommodate at least five or six of that manly squad. Absolutely it was. You were regarded as the toughest of the lot. That's a an enormous badge of honour, Mal. Well, one of the reasons was that I knew, uh, because I was a pommy, I, I knew I was going to get belted at some stage <laughs> in the game. So... <laughs> so I, I did. I didn't wait for that to happen. I thought if I'm going to, you know, I, I, I used to sort of look at uh, who the toughest players were on, on the side, and I used to attack them. And and, and uh, like I, I think you know, it paid dividends to <laughs> instead of waiting to get whacked. <laughs> instead of know, instead uh, of waiting to get whacked, you whacked first, uh, which brings well, yeah, I think- being seen as the tough guy. That also means that you're the target for other players who wanted to show how tough they were by belting you. So it's a double-edged sword. You may be tough, but everyone's after you and you become the target. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to an extent that's right. But there's a few also that think, well, you know, I'll stay away from him yep. because <laughs> I might get a little bit more than I want. Oh. Uh the, the, the game, the game now has changed dramatically. You know, I, I, I used to, I used to study uh, the, the team we were playing next week on the Monday morning after the the Sunday game. I used to pick different people out and say, "Look, this is this is," and I, I'd work mentally preparing myself for what was going to occur on on match day. And I think that's you know that's the only way you can approach it. Uh, Preparation, signs of success. This is a story from your old roommate, the great Peter Peters, so I'm not sure if it's true or not, but your nickname was Mooka. Where did that come from? I'm buggered if I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but, yeah, that's right, Mooka. (laughs) Mooka, that's winding back Uh, the clock. Yeah. Yeah, they also used to call me Kiss, and I don't know where that came from either. Is that right? (laughs) I think that was the Liverpool kiss. Exactly right, the <laughs> Liverpool kiss. Premierships yeah. with Manly in 72 and 73. Uh, they were the club's first premierships too. We'll, we'll get to 73 shortly, but the 72 grand final against Eastern Suburbs, when you are a part of history of something like that, a club's first, it must be a wonderful feeling. Well, yeah, it was for sure. You know, I mean... The, Playing at that level uh, against teams like the Roosters with with players in the team, um, their lock forward, uh, Ron Cool, yeah, Ron used to be a heck of a player. Uh, We used to have some right runnings together, but 
an, an absolute terrific player. Very quick, uh, very skillful. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. Their stories are simply amazing. The Rugby League Superpod drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market with at least a dozen interviews every episode. Current day superstars and former legends drop into chat footy and share plenty of laughs. It's loose, we love it, and you will too. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to the stars themselves? Then on Saturday, the Firebrand Weekend Session is a new addition to our lineup. We're chatting with the players and coaches about barbecues, beers, and who you'd invite to your place for the perfect weekend session. It's hilarious. To keep the content coming, we'd ask if you could spare 30 seconds when you're done here and leave us a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. It's huge for us as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.